Welcome to episode five of the Unweaving Pain Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Andrea Moore, chronic pain specialist. And as always, the content in this podcast is not to be taken as medical advice. All right, so I said in the last episode, if you listen to it, if not, go back and listen, that today I'd be going into like bottom up causes of pain. But uh, okay, time to get used to my brain, guys, if you're going to be listening to this. Sometimes it decides what it wants. It decides it wants to talk about other things. So maybe I should stop uh, leading into that at the end of episodes. <laughs> we are definitely going to get to that at some point because it is a favorite topic of mine. But today I actually really wanted to introduce probably my absolute favorite. I'll probably say this about everything too because I love all things chronic pain related, which sounds super creepy and weird. Awesome. Anyways, one of my favorite topic, topics, which is perfectionism. Now, you might be like, why are we talking about perfectionism on a chronic pain podcast? And don't worry, we'll be getting to that. And you also might be like, all right, this isn't for me. I'm clearly not a perfectionist. Have you seen my house? Have you seen my life? It's a hot fucking mess. And it's so common to think this. And just because you your place is not perfect and your life isn't perfect does not mean you're not a perfectionist. And I can relate to this very much because I was a perfectionist in denial for years. And still, let's, let's face it, I still am in certain cases. There's still areas of my life where I'm like, oh, oh, that's perfectionism. Fuck. <laughs> that it still pops up and catches me by surprise. So... And, again, related to the, if you walked into my house, you'd be like, clearly this is not a perfectionist. I have a four-year-old, guys. It's not clean. It never has been, even pre-child, okay? So, it really can be sneaky sometimes. So, keep listening, even if you're like, mm, I don't know if this applies to me, okay? Or, you also might be hearing this and being like, yep already know this about myself and in that case woohoo celebrating the hell out of that because awareness is key for everything so the fact that you already know that is amazing so we are going to start by defining perfectionism and what it is is a refusal to accept any standard short of perfection all right so now again what does it have to do with chronic pain well it turns out a lot Okay, so in the literature, perfectionism actually has a ton of research to back it up to be in, to have like an increased risk of eating disorders, OCD, anxiety, clinical depression, substance abuse, self-harm, and even suicide. And I mention this all not to scare you or, or you know, kind of go out on this dark side over here, but I say this because perfectionism is kind of a serious thing like obviously like everything there's and this is again none of this is a diagnosis and um there's always spectrums right of anything like this but perfectionism in general like loves to be thrown around in this like as this like super highly sought after trait right like in our culture oftentimes like perfectionism is looked at as a positive it has this like weird like oh my greatest weakness is I'm a perfectionist but like really you're saying it as a strength right and a lot of times people will say it as a strength it's almost like it can fall under either category and so it's that thing of like oh boohoo you're a perfectionist you know and it's like not really taken seriously 
So I say this because it actually has a lot of research to back it up of being linked to a lot of really serious things. So, um, like personally, if I was hiring and somebody said perfectionism was a strength of theirs, honestly, I would really, really, I probably wouldn't hire that person. I mean, I don't think I would not hire anyone based on one thing. But if they didn't have serious awareness and acknowledgement that this is an area that they're going to do self-work on or currently are, I wouldn't see that as a positive. Because again, in the literature, perfectionism is often linked to decreased productivity and decreased creativity. Personally, if I'm hiring someone, I want them to have lots of productivity and lots of creativity, right? So again, perfectionism gets celebrated as like this, this ideal But when we look at this huge list of issues it causes, it really seems really fucked up that we value it so much. And it just goes to show how messed up our patriarchal society is. But that's a story for another day. So, again, with all those things that it's linked to, so far I have not seen, and if anybody has, please send it my way. I love research and stuff like this. But I haven't seen anyone directly link perfectionism with chronic pain, which really surprises me. Um, because with the hundreds of women I've worked with, I can say with confidence that it absolutely is linked and really should be further studied and just like kind of have this research behind it. Um, because chronic pain in itself is linked with depression, anxiety, like basically all of those things listed often go with chronic pain too. So it just makes sense that perfectionism is part of it. And again, I see it as a trait. And when we address the trait of perfectionism, chronic pain changes. So yeah. Before we talk really about what to do about perfectionism, which is not really going to be in today's podcast episode, because there's no way we have enough time to do that. What I actually really want to talk to is the traits associated with perfectionism. Because most people are surprised to learn them, right? Most people are like, oh, perfect. It's just when you want things like looking really nice and good and, you know, you want things done a certain way. But really when you break down the traits, it helps you to start understand it and see it and recognize where it shows up in your life and why it can be so sneaky, okay? So we're going to go through a whole list of traits here. And um, explain each one a little bit. So number one, and none of these are in any particular order, is all or nothing thinking. Okay, so this is when like things are black and white. They're good or bad. They're right, like wrong or right. Either something like completely lives up to your expectations or it's a total disaster, right? If, If you have all or nothing thinking, you often are really uncomfortable with gray areas and nuance. Like it makes you just want like a straight yes or no answer. Which by the way, for anybody who has worked with me or as you are listening to this podcast, you will learn real quick. I do not do well with yes or no answers. I, everything with chronic pain and this type of stuff is nuance. And, um, yeah, so if that, like, makes you already really uncomfortable, like, you want to be like, will this exercise help my chronic pain? You're not going to get a yes or no answer from me because it doesn't work that way. So if that makes you uncomfortable, probably have some all or nothing thinking going on, and that's okay. We all do in some areas. And I also want to say about all these traits that I'm doing or listing off here, you don't need to have these in every area of your life. Like, you can be perfectionistic about, like, a particular area and not about another area. So, 
again, for you all or nothing thinkers out there, perfectionism is not an all or nothing thing, right? You could be all or nothing about cleanliness or about your career or about parenting or even about your pain. But you might be like, I don't, I'm totally fine with nuance and whatever it might be. And chances are the things that you're really like an expert in and understand the most, especially if you are, um, have a career, chances are you're much more familiar with nuance and comfortable with nuance in those areas because you're so like familiar with it and educated it and have like such a deeper understanding of it. So anyways, that's a little bit of a tangent there, but just to know perfectionism is not all or nothing. It's not like either you're a perfectionist everywhere or you're not. It can be in certain areas. So the other thing this all or nothing thing leads to is extreme. So it's like either you're on or off the wagon, which we we could have an entire podcast episode on the on that term in itself. But that's kind of that whole like, oh, you were going to start a diet and you had a bite of, I don't know, a cupcake. And then you're like, well, fuck it. May as well start next one day. Like that kind of thinking is very all or nothing. Um... And same thing, it's like you miss a day of exercise or maybe, you know, you have some rehab exercises that you're doing and you miss a day and you're like, well, I'm supposed to do these every day. Well, may as well miss it for the next week and I'll start starting in next week. That's all very all or nothing thinking. So the next one is high, pretty much unattainable standards. And this applies to both for yourself and others. And again, it can be either or or both. And in some cases and not cases, right? So your self-standards or standards for others are not only extremely high and often impossible, but on top of that, when you do inevitably fail because you're setting impossible standards, you're, you have, like, you become highly critical of yourself. And I'll talk about more about that in a second. And then, like, in general, your standards of how things should be done or how they should look are very high. And this might kind of start as like little jokes in your family. Like no one else can load the dishwasher because you'll get pissed it isn't done right and go and rearrange it. And clearly I'm not talking about from personal experience at all because seriously guys, if you load the dishwasher in a certain way, you have so much more room and it cleans better. I don't know why this is so hard for people to understand. Anyways, (laughs) but it means you don't delegate tasks. Clearly I don't have issues here at all, right? Um, and, and you become like highly critical of, of other people doing something. So it's like, in my, in my case, in the dishwasher case, it's like that could show up as now I have a sink full of dirty dishes because my husband doesn't want to do it because I won't delegate it outright. I'm just going to do it, which by the case is actually not the case because I have worked on this piece. I still do rearrange though, but that's okay. I don't get mad anymore. <laughs> but... It often means that we take so many things on because we don't want to delegate them out because everyone's inevitably just going to fuck it up, which we'll talk about more too. A lot of these blend together and you can see how they link together. So the next one is being highly critical. And this one's a really, really, really important piece here because setting high standards is really not the issue. There's nothing wrong with having high standards. Absolutely not. The issue is when the, like the criticalness that comes from it and that like, the inability to have compassion and grace when they're not met. So that's where the issue lies. So it's it's literally setting yourself or other people up for failure and then getting extremely judgmental and pissed at yourself or others when they do fail. 
Because they will, or you will. Like, you're just putting yourself in a vicious cycle here. And and that might also look like um, when you, you know, maybe the times you do delegate it out or some someone does do a task, it's like you immediately see them as incompetent, stupid, doing it wrong. Maybe they're lazy. No one can do anything right. Like that kind of chitter that's in your brain is all linked with this highly criticalness. And at the end of the day, kind of if everyone around you is incompetent and lazy and stupid and can't do things right, the common link is you being the perfectionist. And again, I say this with great love and compassion because this used to be me. It still is sometimes. This is definitely something I catch myself in. Um, so, so it's the ability to have that compassion and, and understand that the expectation is the problem. And that's what leads to that criticalness. So next one, you love control. So you love knowing the exact plan, the details, exactly what's going to happen next. Uh, and dealing with unknowns is like fucking agonizing for you. And if there is an unknown, you try to dive into research, you do anything you can to like get into analytical mode and try to make it a, make it a known, right? And this for chronic pain shows up very, very strongly because people want to know how long is it going to take to get better, right? When's my pain going to go away? What are the exact exercises I need to do? What are the exact like list of things I need to do, right? If you've ever had that type of thinking, that this is definitely that like control piece. And the reality is, is with chronic pain, we don't know. Like we really don't. We can sometimes have a little bit of an idea, but I will say even when I feel really confident and give some someone a timeline it's sometimes actually the timeline's a lot shorter than I expected or sometimes it's longer like when we deal with the nervous system anybody who's giving you like complete clarity is probably either making it up or really doesn't know or understand chronic pain so this is again where in chronic pain this becomes an issue if you're having this type you want this control um the next one is that you find yourself using the word should a lot, okay? It's a huge part of your vocabulary. You like to shit all over yourself. So this might be something like, oh, I should be exercising more. I should be doing my PT exercises. I should be eating better. Oh, I should really clean my house. I should really do this, right? Or it can also relate to how something should look or how somebody else should be acting. Like my kids should be doing this. My kids should be brushing their hair. Uh, my kids should be doing their homework, things like that. So often the shoulds are the reasons why you get angry, frustrated, sad, or stressed. If someone had just done the thing the way they should have, right? You wouldn't be feeling this way, right? If your child just did their homework like they should have done, you wouldn't have to be angry right now. Um, if your husband just took out the trash like he should have done, you wouldn't be pissed at him right now, right? So this also tends to lead directly into like that criticalness and also like fix it mode. Because when you feel like things should be a certain way, it's something you want to fix. So kind of that desire to like address it and fix it is very related to that. And often leads to cycles of like stress and overwhelm and try to figure out how to fix something. Next, defensiveness. So I already hear it, guys. 
you might be getting defensive right now because just hearing the shoulds, like, what did you, but my husband should have taken out the damn trash because I told him 86 times, right? <laughs> did you see the mess my kid made? How could I not be angry? And it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So much compassion. I hear you. I hear you. I do it too. Okay. But that difficulty in receiving feedback and starting to like recognize where some of these areas might be showing up for us. And obviously in life, not just this podcast here, but even just, you know, if somebody tries to give you some constructive criticism or even true, maybe not helpful criticism, or like it's just kind of not exactly sandwiched or delivered nicely, but it's, it has truth behind it. Um, it can be really, 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 really hard to hear um, and really put us on the defense. And this is a huge part of perfectionism because perfectionists, again, myself included, take everything personally, right? So like somehow, let's say we made a meal for a neighborhood party and Karen's kid didn't like it. We might take that to me. We're a total failure as a cook. So we might get defensive about it, like, well, I was rushed in making it, or I've never made such a huge batch before, or, you know, he should have tried it with that side instead. I don't know. <laughs> so we, we actually buffer that criticism quite adaptively, to be fair. So like, in these cases, in these cases, defensiveness is actually a really helpful adaptive pattern. Because when you're defensive, it actually it can you know it, it throws it off versus taking it in and if we were always taking it in and not being defensive that kind of is just showing our system or giving proof to our system that we're a total failure as a person which isn't true right but that's what we since we're taking things personally like we're taking the meal that we make to mean something about us as a person rather than just oh i made a meal once and that's how it turned out and not not have it be personal um we become defensive to kind of create that distance there. So that leads to the next one, which I'll help explain that a little bit more, is that our self-worth is wrapped up in our accomplishments. So rather than accept that we are just amazing, whole, and worthy without needing to lift a damn finger right now, exactly as you are, you are already amazing, whole, and worthy, okay? Are instead of just feeling like that and having this deep inherent knowing of that, we tend to have um, self-esteem that really fluctuates and often is more of a low self-esteem. <clears throat> but if we did something like really good and right, we might be able to relish in our awesomeness and have a really super high self-esteem in that moment. But if things don't go as expected, our self-esteem drops in a split second, right? You could be super proud of your dish, seeing everyone enjoying it, and then one person criticizes and it's like, bam, that's all you can hear and take in. So what if like instead of that, you could just walk around fuck-ups and failures and all and still have that deep knowing that you right now are just inherently worthy because you exist and that's all you need to do. Yeah. And for a perfectionist, I get it. That might be really hard to take in right now. And that's okay. We will talk about that piece more later. All right. So the last trait is procrastination. And this one right here is why I personally was so in denial and why so many women I work with are sometimes in denial about being perfectionists. Because ultimately, look where this shows up, I knew everything I should 
be doing, right? There's those shoulds there. You guys, I had my doctorate in physical therapy. I not only knew how important exercise and movement is, but I'm also highly qualified to carry it out, okay? So it's like I had the knowledge and education. And I'm also a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. I know exactly what I quote unquote should be eating, but I definitely wasn't doing it, right? I chalked it all up to laziness and procrastination. And in my mind, there was zero way it had anything to do with perfectionism. Because again, I, I was, and well, still am probably, a hot mess and a procrastinator. But it turns out procrastination is often a key sign of perfectionism. Okay, you might be like, what the hell? How, right? Because the reality is, is if you, if you know you cannot do it perfectly, or deep down you really know you're not going to meet your completely unrealistic expectations then why bother trying, right? If being a failure is not an option, because if we are, if we do fail, right, we have that huge self-criticalness, self-criticism there, then it's actually a little easier to just blame laziness and procrastination rather than fail. That's actually a lot more safe and comfortable for our nervous systems, even though it still feels shitty, but it feels slightly less shitty than failure that we associate with a personal failure that, like, takes away some of our worthiness um, because if we do try that one thing and we, that we you know start like okay I'm going to clean my dishes every night and we miss a night and it's not perfect then our body just takes that as proof of our own shittiness as a human being okay because we've made that part of our identity we've made it so the things that we do or don't do say something about us as a human and this is key here because it's not just the things that we don't do it's also the things we do right so when we're doing everything right we feel like we have to and right is in quotes here we feel like we have to keep doing those things or else it would take away from our worth which it doesn't um so it doesn't feel great to start something and mess it up when you have perfectionistic thinking so instead we just don't start right and you just don't have to deal with that so again, procrastination is actually a really super effective adaptive pattern and so much compassion and like gratitude for it, honestly, because think about how much self-criticism it really actually has saved us from, or maybe even deeper self-criticism, because clearly I'm, I, <laughs> I know you criticize yourself for your procrastination if you do, because I do too. Um, as perfectionists, we can always find something to criticize ourselves for. We're really good at that. <laughs> so... The, the thing is here is when it comes to failures, like, again, what if you could just fail and it not mean anything about you as like a, a, as like a person or your like inherent worth? And again, I know that might be hard to take in right now. And we'll talk about that way more later. We're not going to like deep dive into that piece. But I'm just going to like introduce that little nugget that it's actually totally possible to fail and be like, oh, look, what can I learn from this? And I actually start to see failures as a super positive thing. All right, so that's a lot there. And if you're feeling any or all of this, again, you are not alone. I am walking this road with you too, and so are hundreds and thousands, probably hundred, you know, millions of women and men out there, okay? There is a different way, and it's absolutely possible to unweave from these patterns of thinking. Again, we'll be getting into that. But again, just coming back to how all of this is related to chronic pain. If you remember from your last, from the last episode, 
And if you haven't listened, it's okay. I'll cover this really quickly, but definitely go back and listen because you'll have a much deeper understanding. Chronic pain is always related to increased sensitivity of your nervous system. So many chronic pain treatments take this as a given, but never really bothered to really truly deep dive into what primed your specific system to be more likely to be highly sensitized, right? We talked about that, like it occurs in that 25% of people. And you might already be following my train of thinking here that perfectionism is a prime, spectacular, dare I say it, perfect way to increase your nervous system sensitivity. All right, just having these perfectionistic thoughts can actually increase the sensitivity of your nervous system. Each one of these thought patterns that I mentioned, again, you do not need to have all of these, by the way. Again, that's that all or nothing thinking if you are thinking that. (laughs) Um, So each one of these thought patterns is absolutely linked to a threat response in your brain. So that's exactly why it puts your nervous system on alert because it's like, this isn't being done right. Threat, right? And so that's exactly what sensitizes your nervous system. And the kicker here is even if these thought patterns have nothing to do with your pain, which after working with so many women who struggle with chronic pain, the, rea- the, like, the reality is, is they probably also have to do with your pain. It's pretty rare that I have someone where they don't have these thought, like some of these thought patterns in reference to their pain too. But even if they don't, if you're that rare one, these can still maintain and lead to the nervous system sensitivity, okay? By just by having these traits in relation to other areas of life, like body image, career, parenting, whatever it might be. So what I'll leave you with now, so we're going to go back to the de- that definition. Because at the beginning, we define perfectionism as the refusal to accept any standard short of perf- perfection. And yeah, way to use like, you know, the word in the definition, right? So what is perfection in this case? So the definition of perfection is the condition, state, or quality of being free or as free as possible from all flaws or defects. So right now, can you start recognizing, just inviting you to get get a little curious here, what are you recognizing as a flaw or a defect? Because ultimately, it's really not the actual perfectionism that's the issue. It's what we define as perfection that's really the issue. Because if we can look at our stretch marks, our belly fat, whatever, for messy house, you know, just getting triggered as hell by your kids, and even our pain, as and we don't see them as a flaw or a defect, but instead we see these things as part of what makes us whole and beautiful, all of a sudden our lens completely changes, right? It brings safety to our system because we no longer see any of those things as threats because they're not a flaw or a defect. And this begins over time to decrease our system sensitivity and ultimately it addresses the message our pain is delivering. So get curious about that. And I would love to hear any insights you have, um, anything, aha moments you have to share. Please, 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 I love to hear from you. So please share away. 
Um, and best way probably is honestly on Instagram at Dr. Andrea Moore. That is the easiest way to reach me. Just DM me. Um, or you can email me, Andrea at drandreamore.com. And if there's any pieces you'd love to hear me dive more into, any questions you have, please do not hesitate to email me or contact me. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends, family, or anyone you think this may benefit. And of course, rating this podcast is one of the best ways to help more people find it. The world needs this information. So thank you so, so much for listening. And I cannot wait for you to join me again next week. Bye.